After a career spanning almost 60 years, Alanis Obom-Salwin is now busy working on her 57th film. At the age of 91, Obom-Salwin is one of Canada's most distinguished and lauded filmmakers, often documenting the struggle of the Indigenous people and championing for their rights. She's been part of the National Film Board of Canada since the 60s, and she's received almost 40 awards and 17 honorary degrees. As part of the 2023 programme, where Does My Body Belong? at Artspace Aotearoa in central Tamaki Makoto. A new exhibition centres around four of her films. But as well as being a filmmaker, she's also a talented singer and songwriter. And earlier I spoke to Alanis about her extensive career and why she started with singing. Yeah, it came about because uh, where I went to school there was a lot of racism and uh, uh, I figure out that that uh, the teaching was very much against our nations. It took me a while to, you know, it didn't happen overnight. But when I did, I thought I should do something about this. And I realized that children are not born uh, racist and that uh, they hated me so much. So I got beat up a lot. But um, then I thought if that's because it's what they're their thought of uh, indigenous people in Canada. And I was right. The children had to hear another story. And it takes time, but uh, over the years, I feel that uh, I won, you know, like I was right. And a lot of our, of our people uh, have written books on history and locally for their own nation. But at the university level, it's a very different time. It's very possible for our nations, especially young people, to do anything they wish to do. So I I feel very lucky to be still alive and see the difference, yes. That's how it started. So I, I was singing all over the place for the same reasons. Why? So I did a lot of touring in schools over the country, in the States also, and some in Europe, and um, hundreds of schools. Why the medium of singing well that's the only one I had like I, I knew my history <laughs> and I, I thought and I knew lots of stories I'm a storyteller yeah. like many of us and uh, I felt uh, I had to do something about the lies that were being told about us you had a very lovely childhood because you grew up on the Odenac Reserve. Mm. And then at age nine, you moved to Trois-Rivières. So you moved from the reserve, yeah. you know, from what was a very idyllic childhood to the, to this new town. And then three years later, your father died from TB. Do you think it was those two things happening quite close together that sort of propelled you onto this path? Well, it was... I have to write about it and I have a hard time, but... It was very bad, really. Like, I, you know, every time the teacher opened a book of uh, history of Canada, I knew I was going to get beat up that day. And the kids used to run after me, and I'd fall down, then they'd start kicking me, and, uh, you know, it was uh, very often. So uh, when my father died, I was 12 years old, and it was devastating for me, and... It's kind of there's kind of a funny side to it. My my father was in a coffin in the house, and uh, we went through the custom of the French people in the area, and the custom was like when someone died, and of course we were in the poorest area, 
you had to hang uh, on the door. They call it uh, a crepe. Crepe was the type of material, two big flower, but it was material, mm -hmm. and two, like a curtain hanging mm -hmm. down in black. And that meant somebody, is. they used to say, exposed there as a dead person. And people were walking around on the street, and it's, oh, let's go and see what it looks like, or, you know. So you have these strangers coming in. Walking in. Yeah, it was very weird. And I remember uh, rocking on my rocking chair and saying to myself, nobody's going to beat me up anymore. And I figured it out, and I had all kinds of rules that I told myself to do. So it was a real turning point for you yeah. in your life yeah. at age 12. Yes. You've talked, about, you've talked a lot about listening yeah. being very important. You've made a lot of documentaries, you've made a lot of films, but for you, listening is, you know, It's vital. sacred. It's very important. And I really think it comes from where I come from, because as a child in Odenak, we didn't have any electricity or running water. We had a well, and we had a big earth road, and it was a very small community. Everything seemed to be happening, happening on that road. And um, so at night it was oil lamps. And we'd sit around often in the kitchen, and somebody, uh, all the men mostly were guides in the bush for hunting and fishing. So they would talk about their experience with whoever they were guiding and a lot of stories about animals. And I think it comes from there because we had no image. It's, I had two cousins in the same uh, room. Uh, let's say if they told a story, uh, many about bears, black bears. <laughs> and uh, so we made up the, the image ourselves in our minds, like there was no image to look at. And my cousins had other image. Like I, when I look at it today, I say to myself, well, you had three films like there. Because the images that, that Roger made was different than mine and mm -hmm. my cousin Genevieve and me. And, uh, and I adored it. You know, I just loved hearing stories. So animals were always part of it. Because in our world, not just my nation, but animals have their own history just like humans. And they're important in terms of uh, your life and how you uh, have happenings with animals. You mentioned bear, yeah. bears before, which symbolize wisdom and medicine. Yes, and also bears. We had clans in the past, but a lot of it was forgotten. But there was two that remained all the time, the bear and the turtle. Mm. And so uh, if, if you did, this tells you which family you are from. And in the old days, like if you were from a certain clan, you were not allowed to marry within that clan. Obviously, because you would be marrying a relatives, mm, mm, you know. Mm. And uh, <clears throat> so people identify themselves with what clan they mm, belong to. Mm. And uh, in a lot of cases, uh, our people, uh, just like in other nations, were uh, owned some territories, land that belonged to a family or to a clan and uh, where they would uh, go hunting and fishing and survive. Mm. So there's lots of history there, which is, is very interesting and yeah. uh, very beautiful. Mm. You've got your work um, being exhibited at 
um, art space on K Road yes. in Auckland. Mm. I've seen the ex- exhibition, and one of the uh, prints is a, a, a sort of a group of bears, isn't it? Yes. And mm. you're you're a storyteller, you're a singer, you're a filmmaker, but you also have a very hefty printmaking practice. Yes. Do you see that as you know, instead of it being many frames, like in a film or documentary, you're taking out one frame and sort of making that the the art, the piece. Yeah. Is that how you, I don't do know you see I, that link there? No, I don't think like that. But when I make the prints, it's because I am uh, representing something of my experience. Mm. And it's like storytelling. And it's, I don't think, I don't take out a frame from a film to make a print. I don't mm. do that. But it's for other reasons. Mm. Like right now, I'm, uh, I've been very upset for quite a while because um, my father was buried uh, in Three Rivers. And uh, that was a mistake, I think. And uh, a, f- a few years later, I went back and I saw the stone and I saw where he was and all that. Then when I went back again, I couldn't find it. And so I went to the to the parish to find out and they said well if you didn't pay so much money every year like a subscription then uh, we 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 dig them out and we put them in in common uh burial grounds i've been very upset so i want to make a very special etching for my father yeah and a coffin you joined the national film board in the 60s 1967 not just as a woman but an indigenous woman. What was that like? Here comes trouble. That's what I was. <laughs> it was not uh, easy, especially. And I also realized something else. Cause every time something was wrong, and I, I identified it. The fact was because I was. Uh, they didn't say indigenous then. They used to say native. That's because I was a native woman. Mm. And then I realized that, that being a woman was also a problem because mm. it was really a man's world at that time to make films. And so uh, you can imagine, that's quite a school. <laughs> when you say things would go wrong and then it would be you realized it was because you were a native woman, what do you mean by that? Making it difficult. Uh, you know, in institutions, it doesn't matter which institution, Everybody has power. So if there's somebody there that has a certain job and don't like you, you've been in big trouble. And that uh, it was that case for me for a long time. I managed to do uh, to do some films, but it was very difficult uh, in terms of uh, finishing films and uh, having enough money to finish. I had to raise money, and the film board would match what I would raise. Mm. And, you know, it was very not easy. But I still made those films. And uh, as years went on, the, there was a lot of, um, lot of fighting. And, uh, but the film board uh, still uh, supported me, and I managed to do all those films. Much later on, it was... Uh, it's, it's okay now, you know, I don't have those kinds of problems. And it's, um, what I feel good about is that nobody else will have those problems. Is there, a, is there a particular film for you that you consider to be the most impactful? I, I never know what to answer, because every film I made was never easy. Mm. 
When I look at a film, I think of all how difficult it was and fight here, fight there. The time it took to make it, yeah. I don't go through that now, Mm. but I did go through that for many years, many, many years. And um, so, you know, I see something else. And so they're all important because every one of them were made for a very specific reason to make changes. Sometimes it's within a nas- nation or uh, in- unjust injustice mm. in welfare and, and in all kinds of uh, things. And so uh, nothing was easy. It's like every every one represents a different fight. Yes. How do you reflect on the way your work was received initially when you joined the film board and now? It's very different. It was very difficult, as I said at the beginning. And uh, now it's easy. Not only that, but it's easy for a lot of our people. There's a space. There's a time. There's there's a support. Support. And uh, people are welcome. And I think it's... Uh, I love the film board because it's there for the right reasons. And it's been quite a school for me. And I see all the young people, they all want to do video. and They all want to do films. It's very interesting. So much change. Like a lot of people are doing things in their own communities. The educational system is much better than ever. And it was so racist before. And now there's, it's very different. Where... Um, our history is told. Many of our people are teachers, have written books, uh, lots of filmmakers, and uh, any discipline you can think of, we have some people there that are in charge. And just for me to watch this, I just think, aren't I lucky to have lived this long, you know, because everything is possible now. Well, you just celebrated your 91st birthday. Imagine that. I'm a really old lady, yeah? (laughs) What did you do to celebrate? Well, I didn't personally do anything, but everywhere I go, the people are making a cake or celebrating my birthday, you know. I say, oh, my God, it's it's lovely. I feel so welcome here. I I almost feel like I came home. (laughs) Yeah. Do you feel a sort of link to New Zealand because of that? uh, that, Because we haven't, you know, Maori, the indigenous people. Do you feel that? Oh, yes. And everybody is so wonderful. And I've I've seen quite a few people that I've met a long time ago <laughs> with my same clothes. That <laughs> was very funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, uh, yeah, there's a lady, she said, uh, oh, 25 years ago, she's the one that says 25 years ago, you came, uh, blah, 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 and it was so wonderful, and you were wearing the same dress. <laughs> And I thought, oh, my God, now you're really telling on me. And she came the next day and gave me a picture. (laughs) And here I am (laughs) sitting at the front row with the same suit. That's so funny. That's so good. That's so funny. You're 91 now? That's right. Imagine I'm 91. But you're going to keep going. Oh, yeah. And Bush Lady, re-released in 2017? I wrote that particular song. There's two Bush Lady, but it's on Mm. the same uh, record Mm. Mm. in the 60s. Mm. It's a very long time ago. Mm. 
at a time when um, it was very difficult for all of us and many people, many women disappeared and young boys too, sexually assaulted and uh, killed and t terrible things. And uh, it it was happening so much, like uh, every week we'd hear of, of someone disappearing. And this is why I wrote Bush Lady. And I myself came very close to many times. It was a very, um, it almost seemed normal at that time. It's so much better for our people now, like especially young people, uh, they have a place, they have respect, they, they have a voice. Everything is possible, and the educational system is, is, is good now. Mm. And you know, when we were young, they used to say, uh, I heard many times, uh, your language is Satan's language. So you can imagine what that meant to the language. It was silence. Mm. Now, the encouragement, not only that, they're teaching it everywhere. Certainly in the in the locality in, mm -hmm. of the reserve, and um, at the university level, and in many schools, and there's much encouragement. And people are curious, and now they realize it's it's a it's a rich uh, thing, not just for our people, for for the country. So the the all those things that I went through, thank God, it's it's gone. Mm. There's still people being uh, abused, but uh, not as many and not as much as before, and people are disgusted with that. Mm -hmm. So They change in attitude. Before, it, it almost was treated as normal. Mm -hmm. you know? So it's a different time, and I'm very, very uh, thankful that I'm still alive and I see good things for our people. I, uh, I see... Um, Especially everything I do, I always think of education mm. because I want people to know the truth and I want people to know how beautiful our people are mm. and all the qualities and all the possibility. So uh, I feel very good about it. Um, are you planning a fourth trip back to New Zealand? Another trip? Yeah. Yeah, I told the children I went to school. Uh, I, I saw a class, uh, was grade two. And the children are so beautiful. And uh, you see, there's, there's, um, I don't feel like an outsider. And I'm telling stories, bare stories to those children. And it was so nice, like I say, what do bears like? And, you know, all these hands go up. They like honey. Yeah. And it's right. Always honey. And, you know, and you, you, there's a lot of places that I go to, they don't have that kind of... Uh, symbol or storytelling about animals so much. Oh. So how do you get hunting? You have to go and see the bees. You know? <laughs> yeah. it's all, little children. It was so beautiful. And they all look so different. I knew I was seeing children from many different uh, nations. Yeah. It's lovely. It's so, <laughs> so happy. <laughs> well, what an inspiration. That's Indigenous Canadian filmmaker Elanice Obasawan. And her exhibition, To Move Between Healing and Resistance, is at Artspace Aotearoa in Tamaki Makaurau until the 4th of November.